I'm an old man. I don't know what that song was. That is Pitbull. I mm. believe that we will win, baby. That is U.S. Women's Soccer 101. This breaks us into as we get through to week through week seven. This is a must-win format for some teams, but I believe that we will win, baby. Some might say that's the motto of my team. It's got to be. I mean, what more do you want, man? How you doing, brother? I'm doing very well. It's you know we are we are over halfway through the season, seven and weeks in the books, and only six weeks to go. And it's crazy to think that we planned all this COVID shit where, yep. hey, man, we need to do power rankings, all this stuff. This league is official now, dude. We are 100% good to fucking go. Yeah. I I mean, I, I always knew they were going to play the yep. the regular season and all those games, but I thought we'd have a little more chaos. And, you know, knock on wood, we have not seen as much chaos as, you We've know, some might have expected. We've had a couple moved around and everything like that, but, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're there. We're yep, so far so good. Point. We're over the hump. Um, it's a Tuesday. We're doing this podcast, you know, at 9.46 at night, and we're mm-hmm. good to go. Yeah, and it was another eventful week. Oh, we had, fuck ass, yeah. I was. mean, I'm not underselling it when I say a blockbuster trade go down. We had, uh, he might not be a superstar right now, but we had a big, big-time player go down. Yep. And last week we touched on some surprising players this week we're going to talk on touch on some disappointing players and give our thoughts how we maybe view them long term. Yep. And then of course, you know, we'll talk about the matchups, go through that and give our thoughts on who we think's going to win. So, should we jump on into it, Dan? Let's do it, brother. I'm good to go. All right. Let's talk about the trade that went down uh just went down yesterday actually, right as uh games were winding down, and that would involve the Ruths, Nick Ruth, Kevin Ruth, Nick sent Travis Kelsey, dun dun dun, 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 dun. and his 2021 second round draft pick to Kevin for Antonio Gibson, uh, a 21 2021 first round draft pick that is Stefan's, and a 2022 first round draft pick that is Kevin's pick. Dan, what are your thoughts? All right, so this is how I look at it initially. I go, holy shit, Travis Kelsey's on the move again. <laughs> did, the, did the price get paid for what he's worth? And I go, okay, let's look at this. Yep. Travis Kelsey, is he worth two first-round draft picks? Absolutely. You were talking about the best tight end in football on the best offense arguably we've ever seen in football since. And, just to add, yeah, tight end a, premium league. And in a TE premium, one and a half points of PPR for that. You've got to feel really good about the fact that if you're Kevin, you're getting Travis Kelsey. Yeah, you gave up two first-round draft picks for him. And I know you guys are thinking, hold on, there's a couple other pieces of this. But I look at this and say, hey, is Travis Kelsey worth two first-round draft picks? You absolutely fucking better believe it. In this kind of offense we play in with what he plays into, what he has the ability to put up with. I mean, when we think about what he's put up, 20, 28, 17, 11, 28, 24, and then 7.6 this week. Hell fucking yeah, if you're Kevin, this is looking really good. Do you sell the farm to get him? Probably a little bit. Is Antonio Gibson, who has looked arguably the best out of the Washington backfield for a second-round draft pick. Did you undersell there? Yep. Uh, overall, I really like this. I think this is a really cool trade. Now, being a member in the Justice League division, this sucks balls. Fuck me. This is bent over. Travis Kelsey's now back in the division. You're really fucked. But I think this is a cool trade. Yeah, I mean... Let's, I mean, first break it down, you know, state the obvious. Kevin's team got better. Nick's yep. team got worse. Yep, 100%. From, let's talk about Kevin's side. And, I mean, is this what Travis Kelsey costs to acquire? Um, basically, one first-round pick, um, moving up seven spots or so with a second to first, or dropping, however you want to view it, and then a very promising rookie running back, um, that, uh, you know, if we were redrafting today, I think he's definitely going to go in the first round. Yep, I agree. I think that's I think that's what Kelsey costs. He's the top tight end of the game in a tight end premium league. My kind of views on this is kind of similarly to how I viewed your Alexander Mattinson trade, and that is, was this the best use of assets for Kevin? Um, I, when I look at Kevin's team, I think the gaping hole still exists and that's at quarterback traded for Carr, which is fine. And Stafford is 
fine. Darnold's nothing. Daniel Jones, we'll see. I just wonder, I mean, and then at tight end, he has Hunter Henry. Maybe he's been a little bit disappointing. I don't know. Mike Gesicki, same thing. But I think those guys are both right at the top 10. Is Travis Kelsey better than those guys? Absolutely, 100% not up for debate. But I think when you look at Kevin's resources, I I think they might have been better spent trying to upgrade a quarterback, and I think that would have been a bigger priority for me, um, especially when Travis Kelsey, he's 31, he's going to be 32 shortly. He's a guy that he's getting to the end of his career. Um, this is a move that Kevin makes that he's all in. Like Kevin is not playing to just make the playoffs. He's playing to win it all. So I'm sure there's got to be a few other trades maybe in the works. Um, but when you look at Kevin's team, look at some of the moves that he did to get to this point. He wanted depth. He wanted younger players. He prioritized moving Saquon Barkley to get a younger guy in J.K. Dobbins and some rookies. He moved Ryan Tannehill because he wanted his younger quarterbacks. So very curious if this is going to push Kevin to an all-in status, and maybe there's another move to come. Yep, and on the flip side, look at Ruth's team, and you got Joe Mixon, Devin Singletary, but after that, who do you really have? You have mm-hmm. Giovanni Bernard, which is a good handcuff to the fact that you have Mixon, which proved beneficial this week. Yep. Lamar Miller Lamar Miller has been absentee. Carlos Hyde's going to get his shot up there because we don't know really 100% what's going on with the injury status to Chris Carson. Uh, Jeff Wilson's gone. Damian Williams has had his fair share of everything, but – um, He's I mean, sitting you, on a couch at home. Yep, you're 100% correct. J.J. Taylor has been kind of the odd man out in that offense. This really makes Nick look a lot better with the fact that Antonio Gibson's on his roster. So, I, I again, I like this piece for, for Nick's team for future aspects. But, yeah, I mean, it's – you like the pieces that are moved because you're really excited because you see two firsts and Travis Kelsey and all this other fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But I like Nick – I think Nick got the better end of this trade. Oh, I 100% agree. I mean, I want to talk more about Nick because I think, you know, Nick lost Dak. Dak, I mean, Dak was a huge loss. He was on pace for like 7,000 passing yards. Four's up, baby. Four's up. Like, that's insane. I mean, and that really, at the end of the day, kind of is the nail in the coffin for Nick's team. He still had, you know, Gardner Minshew and Baker Mayfield, but Dak was his team. So I totally get his position and moving on from Travis Kelsey, who is, I think, at the closing in on the end of his career. He made the Um, play for him last year. Yeah, exactly. And and no no harm in moving on. I think he gets those two first. He gets Antonio Gibson. Makes sense. The question now becomes, are we going to see another move from Nick? Are we going to see another few moves from Nick? Um, I don't think he's going to move Dak, but, you know, does he consider Gardner Minshew or Baker Mayfield? I don't know. You know, he's got Devin Singletary that you mentioned. I mean, maybe... Stefan or Stefan Diggs, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, I don't know. Um, even someone like Carlos Hyde could be valuable depending on how long you know Chris Carson's out for. Um, Nick has some Richard Higgins now with OBJ. We're gonna touch on later with the ACL injury. I mean, Nick has some guys that I think um, he could move that isn't necessarily gonna be players that he misses long term that he could get value on. Um, and I think, as he showed with this Kelsey deal, I think he's trying to do a little pivot for a rebuild because, you know, Nick's mentioned it, you know, to us, yep. maybe in chat. Like, his team 100%. is not in the best shape. And I think this Dak injury has given him an out to pivot. And maybe rather than stumbling down the hill for the next two years, he just stumbles once and quickly gets up, back up in the thick of things next year. Yeah, I mean, the crazy part to think is is that Nick's 7-7, seven and seven, the next closest team is 4-10. and 10. Nick can absolutely pivot to a small rebuild role, and if he drops a couple games here and there, he's still going to make the playoffs. He knows he's in kind of a, a damned-if-you-do-damned-if-you-don't situation, but he's in. I don't think Sam closes the gap in the distance for to get himself into the playoff before Nick does, and this gives Nick the ability to rebuild a couple pieces to it. And I think that's super important to give him the youth and the the upside to looking forward to the future. And I don't blame Nick for what he's trying to do in some of the small aspects. Mm-hmm. Now, real quick before we move on, yep. you kind of touched on it. Kevin made this move, and the Justice yeah. League is very close. Uh, Kevin, with how this week played out, you know, would have a bye if things ended. Mm-hmm. But you and Stefan are right on his tail at 9-5. and five. Adam, you know, is 
competitive as hell and he's at seven and seven and he's certainly not out of it um and steve you know of course is at six and eight and you know he made a lot of moves this offseason to contend to contend um he's had a little bit of bad luck but he's i don't think is out of it and chris i don't think he's a hundred percent out of it but he's pretty close to being out of it but anyways there's five teams that i think are right there you know is this move gonna kind of compel some other teams to be active and try to keep up with kevin is this going to turn into an arms race do you think yeah i think kevin forces and a lot of teams in the justice league so kevin has the tied for third most most amount of points but kevin leads the league in 10 and 4 Mm-hmm. Now, is this Kevin's got the beneficiary of a shittier schedule, but he's playing the same thing that, that both Stefan and I are playing with that. Now, I lead the league with uh, 1,120 points. Stefan's behind me 11 points at 1,109. Mm-hmm. And then Kevin is tied with Adam at 1024. But Kevin's 10-4 and, and Adam's 7-7. Seven and seven. Holy shit, that's a massive difference when it comes down to it. And we're both – and both myself and Stefan are chasing you uh, at 1275. So this means that both myself and Stefan have to pick our shit up, but mm-hmm. Kevin just got a lot more dangerous with the fact that Travis Kelsey got added to that roster. And that makes life a little bit more interesting with it. Now, understand that Kansas City still has to buy. Yep. With it, they, they buy in week 10 with it, so we get a benefit of a week off of Travis Kelsey, but you don't feel good. This just makes this league that much more hard it makes it that much more competitive i mean the fact that both stefan and myself still have to play stefan one more time uh you can't feel good and the fact that you know kevin's playing who this week in the matchups in week eight he's, he's playing got, me yep he's got you and this is a big move for kevin this week as he is you're the only guy who hasn't dropped a single fucking point this week we haven't <laughs> said it but i'm gonna say it right now Hasn't dropped a single fucking point, and I hate myself for the fact that it didn't fucking happen against me this week. But that was brutal. It was it was rough. There is this the week where does this different does this move make the difference in your matchup? And we'll get to that later on and stuff. But I think this makes it just like that much more harsh to be a part of. Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, from the outsider, I you know if he if it's you, I mean, and you still have a first round draft pick. I mean, nope. I don't know the inner workings of what you're thinking but you definitely have some bullets in your chamber if you want to shoot your shot to get a guy um i know for a fact adam definitely is trying to work a trade i think steve is an interesting wild card because steve he is you know he's still in the hunt but it'll be interesting if steve at some point maybe if he continues to drop these games like we saw last year to no fault of his own and because of that, he finds himself on the outside looking in, and maybe Steve pivots to sell. Um, if that happens, you know, we could see some other teams, you know, maybe potentially becoming buyers and um, having some other fresh blood to pursue. But I, I agree. I think there's, it's going to be a bloodbath, and I think it's Kevin kind of exacerbated the issue, and we're going to see some more moves. Yeah, and I think the worst part about it is before we move on to, yep. to. God, you suck players. Kevin's only had 953 points scored against him this entire season. Mm-hmm. You know, Jerry leads the way at 1173. Then Stefan at 1075. Me at 1038. But And then Armand at 1020. But fuck. I mean, you really got the, Kevin's at 953. There are, I'm looking at this right now. One, two, the entire Justice League division has had more points scored against them than Kevin has. It's pretty and, lucky. And all but one, two. Kevin has the th- second, to third to last moist point scored against him in the entire league. You've got to feel good for. We've made fun of Kevin for being the fantasy reaper for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. Is this the year we, where we claim Kevin's got the fantasy horseshoe or the four leaf clover up his ass that this is going to happen? And adding Travis Kelsey just makes you that much more lucky quote-unquote on my end with the air quotes yeah this gets a little bit more interesting well and i think you know we didn't plan to continue talking on this but i will i mean kevin i think yeah he's had some luck to get to this point but you look at his roster and i mean i think todd Gurley, even that accidental touchdown be gone (laughs) he's he's rounded into form i think you know getting Derek carr was a 
significant upgrade, as sad as it sounds. I think Stafford and Kenny Galladay are getting into the zone. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, I mean, DJ Moore continuing with Robbie Anderson. I think Kevin's team is definitely rounding into form. And then he adds, you know, Travis Kelsey. Um, Yeah, he, he may have had luck to get to this point, but something tells me this the out or the production is going to start to back up the luck that he's received let's talk about bad luck then man yeah let's talk about uh, an unfortunate acl tear uh for mr odell beckham jr um wide receiver i mean he this whole cleveland team i think has been kind of up and down outside of the running game you know kareem hunt nick chubb he's he's injured too but the passing game has been very inconsistent and i think in real life, it's been kind of interesting because Cleveland just keeps winning. They keep producing. But Odell Beckham, he goes down. He's out for the season. How does this impact? Um, let's, I mean, immediately just talk about Baker Mayfield and, you know, the pass catchers around him. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into a little bit more about Baker uh, in just a segment or two. But you can't feel good if you're Odell Beckham Jr. Owned. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that took a chance, moved, tarnished tarnished his relationship with a lot of NFL teams saying, hey, I want a better quarterback than Daniel Jones, and I'm going to go to Baker Mayfield. Yep. And I want to do this thing. And it's – honestly, I think this team is better off than not having Odell Beckham Jr. on the team. Cause wow, that's bold. Baker goes through and has to force the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. and saying, I need to get my playmaker the ball. Look what he did after he got injured. Look yeah. at where he spread the ball around. Rashard Higgins um, – Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt got a big boost for part of this. Harrison um, Bryant. Harrison Bryant was the number one. Well, he was the number one tight end this week, right? Yeah, I believe yep. so. And then, of course, the game winner was from the other rookie, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Oh, yeah, which is crazy enough. And then, and the, it's not just Baker throwing the ball at everything, but <laughs> you've got Jarvis Landry that throws the ball, who has a 16-yard completion when it absolutely fucking matters Yep. with this. This team, I don't, I don't understand this team. Does the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. is not there where you have to say, I have to give my target share to this big-name player, part of me says this is an upgraded offense right now. Do I think that's going to – do I think that's foolish to say 100,000%? Yep. Can you hurt me for the fact that I'm saying it? I don't know about that. No, I mean, I think there is definitely merit to the logic in the sense that if you're not force-feeding the ball to one person and just kind of letting the offense come to you – you know, going through your progressions, totally buy that. Yep. Um, I mean, when you look at Odell Beckham Jr., he's been inconsistent this year outside of the, you know, humongous three-touchdown game against the poorest Dallas, you know, team. Yep. He's averaging less than 10 points a game. Yep. 100%. And, you know, prior to this week, he was getting nine targets a game about, eight targets a game, yep. commanding a large target share in this offense. So, I mean, it sounds far-fetched, but I don't think it's ridiculous to say that the offense as a whole gets better. Um, Do you think that this, you know, just kind of naturally, does Jarvis Landry become, like, a top 15 guy? Honestly, I don't think think Landry gets an uptick. I think running backs get an uptick. I think Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, when they come back, gets an uptick. When you look at Austin Hooper, if he's healthy – uh, Harrison Bryant, David Njoku, they all get upticks. I don't mm-hmm. think this I don't think this spells that much more for Jarvis Landry. I think it spells more for the entire offense. And now what about do you think can we see Richard Higgins or Donovan Peoples Jones become like a very I mean a flex wide receiver three type option or four? No. I think okay. more of it goes to the guys that we already see in the offense. Uh healthy Austin Hooper Harrison Bryant has proven himself. David Njoku knows what's going on. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, um, Jarvis Landry. I think they all have more fantasy relevance. I would say your your biggest break-even point for a Rashard Higgins is a Harrison Bryant. David okay. Njoku kind of piece. But I think that you look at Higgins, Hunt, or I'm sorry, Hunt, Chubb, and Landry still play a bigger piece than Rashard Higgins. Okay. Um, and now, I mean, let's talk about the immediate impact for a guy like Zane. Zane has Odell Beckham Jr. Um, Zane had one of the more impressive weeks in the league. Yep. He got negative .10 points from two players, and he was the league's leading scorer. I, That's thoroughly I mean, impressive. When you start Tyler Lockett, 
it's hard to argue that. And that's, Plus Justin Herbert, my Justin gosh. Herbert, but but he loses Odell Beckham Jr. and you can say whatever you want about him, mm-hmm. but Zane needs him because he's mm-hmm. starting. You know, guys like Anthony Miller. Um, yep. Yeah, he, he needed yeah. that guy. So now this is a loss. Um, we saw. I mean, Zane put Odell Beckham Jr. on the trade block. Do you think? I mean, does Zane need to make a move? Does I mean, should player or should people be, especially maybe rebuilding teams, be itching to get Odell Beckham Jr.? I think Odell Beckham Jr. has a trade piece to it, but I think the guy that really needs to step up for Zane's roster mm-hmm. is the guy that's not on this roster, and that's Cam Newton. Demir Bird is Demir Bird is absolutely fan fucking tastic from a wide receiver perspective. And Cam Newton needs to find him more in that offense. If he understands that this is the guy that can help him, I think this is a fantastic way to, to live life and grow from this because Demir Bird has one of the best space creating off offensive perspectives than most of the other league does. And Cam Newton fails to find him. Um, I think this is a guy that can step up in place of an OBJ and be effective. I think you're out on an island for this one, yeah, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you live that dream and get your Tom Hanks and Castaway on for Thanks, that one. Dude. Wilson Wilson for life. Yeah, Bird is your Wilson, so I'm looking forward to showing up to your place and seeing his face painted on blood on a random <laughs> volleyball. No, but okay. So for a rebuilding team, though, do you think should should a rebuilding team be lining up to get Odell Beckham Jr.? Yes, 100%. OBJ I mean, is a talented individual. Random trade idea. Yep. Oh, tr- if, random trade, Picasso. Let's do it. If you're Nick Ruth or if you're Zane, vice versa, do you reach out to or whoever? Just basically, does the trade talks become Mike Evans for Odell Beckham Jr.? And if that trade hypothetically pops up, what oh, side do you think needs to add oh a piece? And it's we'll got to be the Mike Evans side, it's gotta right? Be, yes, it has or ex- to be. excuse me, it's got to be the Odell Beckham Jr. side since he's injured, right? Or you OBJ think he has a higher upside with okay. some of the things that we've seen in the last couple of days? Yep. With it, talent-wise, OBJ's got more talent than Mike Evans does. I, that might draw a lot of controversy for part of this, but yes, um, we'll get into the where does Mike Evans sit in this offense kind of piece to it in a little bit later, mm-hmm. but. I mean, honestly, you can't feel good either way, right? You got to figure OBJ is going to be the better asset in mm-hmm. the long run. Yeah, I mean, that's just a random trade idea. Um, but I think something like that, you know, for whether it's Nick or Zane, I mean, getting a wide receiver that can obviously produce this season is in Zane's interest. If you're Nick, if you're Sam, if you're Armand, if you're Jerry, getting a wide receiver that's going to do jack shit but could help you next year. I think that's definitely makes sense. Yep, Um, absolutely. Another random idea. I mean, what about Chris calls up Zane? Will Fuller for OBJ. Um, Will Fuller is looking great, but he's injured prone, and this is the first year we're seeing him kind of produce. Do you maybe want to get off that roller coaster? And is Odell Beckham Jr. the right guy to do it? I don't know, but that's a move like that. Boomer bust Fuller, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, something like that I think could make sense for Zane. Um, doesn't make sense for the other team. I don't know. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to talk about some disappointing players. And oh. these are players that this year have just not oh, lived up to the hype that they have one way or the other. Um, and the first one we're going to talk about is Baker Mayfield. Um ironically baker had by far his best game this week uh putting up almost 30 points five touchdowns um three almost 300 yards passing but prior to that the highest points that he's put up this week or this season is 15.26 and that was against cincinnati um and make no mistake i mean baker's played cincinnati he's played dallas washington i mean the the defenses he played have been doable to put up points now this week against cincinnati he he went off in the second go around um but where are you kind of at with baker mayfield i think after his rookie year people were like yep he's a shoe in top 10 quarterback and since then since i mean maybe to your point the arrival of odell beckham jr he has not lived up to the hype how do you see things proceeding with baker 
honestly, I think the fact that OBJ's injured helps him. Do I do I really feel excited about Baker Mayfield going forward? No. Mm-hmm. But the fact he doesn't have to force a ball to a guy that demands the talent, you got to feel pretty much good because he can he can read his routes, he can do his thing with this. So I'm going to say Baker Mayfield gets an uptick to the OBJ injury. That that might crucify me. It might say, "Hey man, what the fuck are you thinking about? You lose a top ten guy to." to injury and you think the quarterback gets an uptick, I do, 100%. This gives Baker the ability to do his reads, fix his, fix his issues, and kind of go forward with it. I think this is a good thing for Baker Mayfield. Now, is this next year Baker or OBJ is healthy on the Cleveland Browns? Do you automatically revert Baker down to like a bottom-level quarterback? Baker moves outside the top 20 with OBJ, inside the top 20 without. All right. So, I mean, I'm not going to go that far and say he's not, or he's going to be that much better without OBJ. Is he going to be better without OBJ? Sure, maybe, but that's because he's been dog shit this entire first half of the year. So the bar to clear at this point is not very high. Um, I guess I'm out on Baker if you think he's going to be a top half quarterback in this league. But I think he could still be serviceable and viable in a super flex league. So I guess I'm giving a cop-out answer. Okay, I can respect that. All right. Let's move on to another one, and let's talk about Mr. Kenyon Drake for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, He had a lot of hype uh, after the trade last year when he went to Arizona. He was an RB1. He was getting a lot of action in the team, uh, in the run game, but also the pass game, and producing very well. Um, This year, however, it's been disappointment to say the least. Against the most awful defense in dallas he put up 28 points but outside of that it's been littered with bust after bust after bust and this week he gets injured against seattle um how how you feeling about Kenyon drake you don't feel good you haven't seen much to make you really feel that much excited about he had one throwaway game where you put a point you score a touchdown you have a decent run but you don't feel good i mean Edmonds has shown his fair things, but the real highlight of this offense has been Kyler Murray. And with Kyler Murray shining the way that he does, you don't feel good about the running game. Yes, you need to run to set up the pass, but I don't feel good. I really just don't. Yeah, I think I kind of agree with you. At this point, he's on a one-year deal as well. I mean, everyone's kind of raving about Chase Edmonds. And in limited touches, Chase limited touches. Chase Edmonds has looked fantastic. We'll see if he can kind of handle the larger workload and if they can continue that while Drake is out. But I'm with you. I, I don't think Drake has is going to be in Arizona next year. And I think wherever he goes, it's going to be at best case, you know, a timeshare situation. So if I'm Adam, I'm I don't feel great about this situation. Yep. All right. Um, another guy who's in a very complex situation, that'd be Mark Ingram. Um, last year, he was borderline phenomenal his first yes. year with Baltimore. Um, scored a lot of touchdowns, but got a lot of work and really kind of excelled under this Lamar Jackson-led offense. This year, it's been very disappointing. He has four games with un- with double-digit scoring. Um, only two games where he's eclipsed over 10 points, only one game where he's eclipsed over 14 points. He's scored two touchdowns this year. He's had, he has only three receptions. Um, and this Baltimore team drafted JK Dobbins, which is someone that a lot of people are very excited about. Um, what do you think about Mark Ingram this year and just going forward? Yeah. So I'm a Mark Ingram owner. Okay. And this gets rough for me. As, you know, this guy was a stud coming into this offense, really showed his shit coming into the first year in the Baltimore offense, carried the the workload from the running game. They draft J.K. Dobbins, and shit goes to hell. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's got a little bit roughed up with this week. Um, he's got an injury that he's dealing with. But this has truly become one of the few teams that has a three-headed backfield that can – oscillate between any of the number of pieces depending on where they're at in the game, the mood they want to play. 
and where they think the hot hand is. You don't feel good. You really don't. And I don't like where I sit as a Mark Ingram owner. Uh, yes, I own Edwards, but it's not pretty. It really isn't. No. I mean, he's, at the end of the day, a 30-year-old running back. Yep. Um, the writing on was, has been on the wall for a while for him. Um, he had a great year last year, but I think at this point best days unfortunately are behind him um he still i think is probably a flex option just because he is a starting running back and even though he doesn't get as many touches as you you would like to see i think he's barely averaging 10 touches a game um just because of that offense he's in i think he's still going to be startable or especially during bye weeks but yeah it's it's the end of the road for mark ingram i agree Sadly, uh, but surely it is. Yeah. And let's talk about how about this whole, like, we're coming into this rookie draft, there was a lot of hype for a lot of different players. Mm-hmm. But the biggest hype, I think, was kind of surrounding the rookie running backs. Yeah. You know, after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire went to Kansas City in the first round, there was a lot of hype. You had Jonathan Taylor going yeah. to the Colts, which was supposedly a dream matchup. And Swift was everyone's favorite running back ahead of the draft. Oh, oh yeah. And then, of course, you have J.K. Dobbins now in Baltimore. Cam Akers had a lot of buzz. A.J. Dillon went in the second round. Zach Moss, everyone loved. And these running backs, the most impressive one has been undrafted free agent James Robinson, who is doing fantastic. He's averaging almost 19 points a game, and he looks the part. He looks explosive, but he's an undrafted running back, and no one saw that coming. Uh, Jacksonville did because they were content releasing Leonard Fournette, but... After that, I mean, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he's averaging a respectable 15 points a game. Jonathan Taylor is under 15 points. DeAndre Swift might look maybe the most impressive, but he's playing for a Lions team that isn't great. Antonio Gibson, who I didn't mention, has been great as well. We touched on him a little bit earlier. But I'd say as a whole, outside of James Robinson and maybe Antonio Gibson, there's been disappointment with this class. Um, how do you feel about it, and is there any cause for concern in the long run? So I'm going to say in the short term, I'm going to give you one expression. <laughs> With that, there, that, that included a thumbs down on my side, where it's been okay. absolute shit. I mean, Cam Akers has been absolutely fantasy irrelevant for the, yep. for the last few weeks. Um, DeAndre Swift picked up a decent week this week, but he fell apart. I mean, he wasn't existent for the past two weeks. With it, uh, AJ yeah, Dillon hasn't been shit in nope. the Packers' offense. Absolute dog shit. With it, um, you can't feel good. Jacob Dobbins has stepped up, but again, that that backfield is so convoluted that you don't feel good about one either way. I, you don't feel good. That's what I'm gonna go with. You don't feel good with what yeah. you have access to. I mean, I'll agree. I don't think you feel great, but at the same time, I don't think there's any reason for panic. Um, James Robinson, James Robinson, obviously great. If you're Sam, you're feeling ecstatic. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I think you're a little bit disappointed, um, especially just with the fit and bringing in Le'Veon Bell. Um, that isn't great. Um, Jonathan Taylor, I think you're definitely disappointed. Um, we'll see if things kind of turn around with the, um, after the buy that the Colts just had. Um, you're optimistic because I think he's being He's been more involved in the pass game than you expected at this point. I think he's got, what, almost, let's real quick math, 16 catches through five games, which or six games, excuse me, which is all right. Um, but the running game, or the running, the rushing side of things, he's been disappointing. Um, J.K. Dobbins is kind of doing what you've expected. DeAndre Swift has been a mixed bag because I think he's the classic take of the running back that, produces well but for whatever reason the coaching staff isn't giving him it so is he destined to be the next Aaron Jones I don't know um Antonio Gibson I think has been pretty good um he's definitely exceeded at least my own opinion on him and everyone else it's been disappointing J.K. Dobbins has done what he's expected and been solid in his limited aspect of things but altogether I'd be probably sad with or disappointed with most of those running backs but better times are ahead 100 percent 
All right, that was a long, mouth-rambling yep. bit of pieces. Let's talk about Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas has played one game. He played most of the game against Tampa Bay, but he only put up a whopping 4.7 points. Um, now I'm going to preface this. We're not. I'm not going to say to you, is Michael Thomas like done? Because he's not. Nope. But is his going into the season? He was the number one wide receiver in Dynasty. Uh, right now, is he the number one wide receiver in Dynasty? No. I. You gotta. You can't feel good about what he is with all the. Oh, he's got injury. Oh, he's got this. Oh, he's got that kind of thing. You mm-hmm. don't feel good. Michael Thomas is a talented human being. He's got a lot of things to offer to a team. Mm-hmm. But right now, you don't feel good. Is there something behind the scenes that we don't see? Is there the the Oz behind the curtain kind of <laughs> aspect to it? Um, you don't feel good. Michael Thomas should be – Michael Thomas could be the absolute number one wide receiver in the NFL, 100%. I think Michael Thomas has that much talent. I don't see it right now. Michael Thomas is a lot of back office bullshit that we need to deal with, and that's what's hurting him. So, I mean, what is, I guess, if you're a Michael Thomas owner, are you panicking at all? You don't panic, but you don't feel good. Michael Thomas is going to find his place, his niche, his situation, but Michael Thomas is not good this year in 2020. 2021 Michael Thomas might be different. 2022 Michael Diff- Michael Thomas might be that much better. Mm-hmm. But 2020 is not Michael Thomas's year. All right. Um, let's go over some wide receivers. Ooh, and you like tell me yep. you tell me where you would put Michael Thomas right now. Now, this is for Dynasty. So yep. it's not just this year, but long term. Long term. Yep. All right. You just tell me when to stop. Okay. Devontae Adams. I like Devontae Adams better than Michael Thomas. DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins. Tyreek Hill. Hill. Um, DK Metcalf. Metcalf. AJ Brown. AJ Brown. Um, yep. This is why I think it, I think after those couple, it gets tough now. This is where this is where I think the line is. Yes. Uh, CJ Moore slash Justin Jefferson. No, Michael Thomas. Okay, so number mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'd, I'd maybe put him ahead of still DK and AJ Brown <laughs> yeah, just because. I, I think you can make the argument 100%. Yeah, I think I'd still put him ahead of those two, but those two are right on his tail. Yep. And, you know, I wouldn't fault you if you want someone that's, you know, five years younger than him. I, mm-hmm. I, I think these guys have shown that they can be that guy. And mm-hmm. I think that's the part that makes it that much more convoluted. It yep. says, uh, okay, yep, maybe A, B, C, or D with where you want to go. Yes. Um, okay. Well, let's move on to some more disappointing wide receivers. Yeah. And let's talk about some Tampa Bay Buck guys, fuck. Mike Evans and Chris yeah, Godwin. God, fuck. Hold on. Do we want to add Antonio Brown to this conversation? <laughs> well, well let's, let's take it one at a time. Let's start with Mike Evans. And Mike Evans... Fantasy irrelevant. He really has. I mean, want to hear like the most ridiculous stats? Go ahead. Yep. So Chris Godwin has played four games. Yep. Week one, week three, week six, and week seven. Okay. Do you want to guess Mike Evans' stats in those games? Absolutely not. Just tell well, me. I'm going to tell you because guess what? He has a six catches. And fifty-one yards. That's not a that's not a per game average. That is total total oh, through four bad. games. Oh. Now he does have three touchdowns, so he's been efficient in that limited production. And maybe you can say injuries. I don't know. I'm not. I didn't get that like nitty gritty in the detail. But man, he has not been hot in games that Godwin's been healthy. And Godwin's when Godwin has been on the field, you know, we'll talk about him later. He's produced fine. He's been close to his wide receiver oneself. But for Mike Evans, I mean, I know he's been banged up a little bit. He's he's got a whopping six touchdowns, which is fantastic through seven weeks, but he doesn't have a lot of yards. He's got under three hundred yards. 
I mean, he's on pace for what? What would that be? Like 800 yards? I'm just ballparking it. Probably less than that. 700? Hashtag not good. Yes. Yeah, it's not great. Um, are you concerned about Mike Evans short-term, long-term? Where are you at with him? I think, yeah, Mike, you can't feel good. If you're a Mike Evans owner, you don't feel good, whether it's short-term, long-term in general. Because what is his contract? Do you know what his contract is? Out of curiosity. I don't trying to pull that up right now. I think it's something like maybe three years, 60 million left or something at this point. Um, but I mean, I think the interesting thing, and it we'll have the same thing about Chris Godwin, we'll have the same thing about Antonio Brown when we talk about him, is the Tom Brady dynamic. Um, Tom Brady, he has certain guys that he trusts. He has like his own play style. And I mean, I think it is fair to wonder how much does Mike Evans fit into this play style? Um, especially now that Gronkowski is coming on. Because at the start of the year, um, Mike Evans was kind of primarily a red zone target. But now we're seeing Gronkowski get involved and into this offense. And I wonder, you know, is Mike Evans maybe the odd man out? Um, I don't think he's done long term by any means. But I would be concerned, at least in the short term. Um, but long term, I, I would be fine with Mike Evans. I think he's a tail end, you know, late top 12 wide receiver. Yep. So I think Mike Evans, so I, I have this shit pulled up in front of me. Yep, go for Long-term, it. Long term, amazing. Yep. Mike Evans is going to revolutionize some team's offense. Tampa Bay is not the answer. 21, 22, 23, zero dollar guaranteed salary bonus. Salary, period. He's going to get fucking cut from this team. This offseason he's yes, zero guaranteed? Yes, oh, 100%. Nothing, absolutely nothing with this. Yeah. With that, he has no roster bonus other than 23, no guaranteed salary. If he makes the team, he gets 12.25, 14 and 13 for 21, 22, 23. Mike Evans is not going to be a part of the team in general. Mike Evans is going to find his salary somewhere else. And yes, I think he's going to be great wherever he lands. Mm-hmm. It's not in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's, I think that's the right take because you look, we'll talk about the next guy. I mean, Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin, I believe, is a free agent this year. So he's going to demand a hefty salary. Yes. And deservedly so. I mean, last year he definitely had his blow up season, but this year he's been out three games and probably banged up in two of the other ones as well. But he's he's done well. He's been heavily involved. I mean, he's av- he's got a total of. I mean, I'm going to project it real quick. Um, yeah, I mean, he's on pace still for 100 catches this year. Um, he's on pace for about eight touchdowns, which is fine. Um, yards. I mean, he's he's doing Chris Godwin things, and I think. It's easy to see why. I mean, he's a good, you know, a route runner. Yep. He's great at catching the ball, and it's, yep. that's something that Tom Brady likes. Um, Mike Evans is a big body target, and he, Tom Brady has the guy that he likes in Rob Gronkowski, who's starting to round into thins. So I'm not shocked that we're seeing Godwin ascend and maybe Evans decline a little bit. Yep, I agree. Um, so, I mean, Mike uh, or Godwin, are you concerned at all about him? Or not Godwin. Evans, yes, not Godwin. All right. And then let's talk about Antonio Brown. Um, Big news, obviously. Kind of came out of nowhere. It seemed like for a little bit that Seattle was going to be the team that signed him. Um, But then all of a sudden, we saw the Tampa Bay Bucks. So it was rumors. And then it felt like an hour after that, done deal. He's coming back to the Bucks. Um, He didn't play. He played one game last year. And then he was cut for a second time and suspended. And this year he was put on a suspension of eight games. Um, this is the eighth week. So next week, um, he, Mike or Antonio Brown would be eligible to play against New Orleans. Um, real quick, what are your thoughts on Antonio Brown this year? And I mean, long-term. Guy's a psychopath. Yep. I, yep, 100%. I, you feel good going into... Holy shit, he's playing on a team with Tom Brady. We've seen him have success, but Antonio Brown's his own worst enemy. And that's, yep. I want to see what his mental side brings to the table. I'll give you okay this year, TBD going future. 
Yeah, I'm kind of with that. I mean, definitely TBD for the future. I feel better than okay. I actually, I mean, I'll state my bold Ooh. claim. Ooh. He's going to be the number one wide receiver for the Bucks the rest of the year. Tom okay. Brady does not, like, bend over backwards, like, getting this guy not to use him. I think it, Tom Brady likes people that catch the ball mm-hmm. and is efficient. I think, I mean, Antonio Brown, you can say he's a madman. You can say he's nuts. But the dude is always working out. Dude is always, he's going to be in shape. There's not going to be any, like, questions about his, you know, durability and, like, his fitness levels. I think Antonio Brown's going to be a monster. Um, And I'm expecting big things when he suits up in New Orleans. Yeah, I think this is going to be very interesting as we approach the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. Coming up in the next couple weeks, which we'll probably cover on next week's podcast. Yep. But yeah, it's it's going to be fun to see. I mean, we'll see. I mean, Antonio Brown has burnt bridges, so who knows what happens, but I'd be optimistic. All right, let's continue on with the disappointment players. And we're still not done with wide receivers because those divas like to disappoint. Juju Smith-Schuster. And Juju's been kind of interesting because I think he's been a victim of, you know, the talent around him. Um, Deontay Johnson has had his injury woes but when he's on the field he is clearly big ben's favorite target and maybe the most surprising rookie not named james robinson is chase claypool who is you know the definition of a weapon for this team and juju smith schuster we talk about contracts he's going to be a free agent this year too um how you feeling about him short and long term is he a bear (laughs) <laughs> Not yet. I appreciate the fact that you laughed at that. It makes my day feel that much better. Oh, you can't feel good. I mean, this kid's a stud. He really is. Is he? I think so, yes, 100%. Yeah, he played opposite Antonio Brown when uh, pre-mental state that Antonio Brown was Antonio Brown. Um, I like it. I think Juju, Juju has a lot to offer a team mm-hmm. from a talent perspective, from a make-a-play perspective, from a – fantasy relevancy perspective but I really want more out of it I really want to see Juju be Juju I want to see Juju be Antonio Brown in this offense um, yeah and I think for me like yeah. I don't think I mean this year yeah I'm kind of out I don't think he's probably a flex option you know if Claypool or Johnson are out I think Juju's going to get a lot of targets and be fine but curious to see how he is on his next team because I don't think it's going to be in Pittsburgh. I think Johnson, Claypool, you know, those are the guys. Um, But I don't know if Juju's a stud. Is he going to go and sign with a team like maybe the Bears, maybe football team, maybe, I don't know, Miami, somewhere like that, and be heavily targeted? Sure. But I don't think he's ever going to be like a top 10 guy. Um, could he be like a really good wide receiver too? Like, uh, I don't know, a Cooper cup or, uh, Robert Woods or something like that. Sure. Absolutely. But I, I don't know if he's a stud in my book. Okay. So let me ask you a couple questions here. Yep. So I'm going to give you a team. Okay. Obviously I want you to say, would you take the guy that's the number one on the team or Juju? Okay. Okay. Chicago. Allen Robinson or Juju Smith-Schuster? Allen Robinson. Okay. Uh, Miami, Devontae Parker, or Juju Smith-Schuster. I take Juju over him. Okay. Um, Indianapolis. T. Uh, or Juju, Juju, definitely. Yeah, okay. And then the last team I'll give you is going to be the San Diego or the Los Angeles Chargers. Keenan Allen or Juju oh, Smith-Schuster. Keenan Allen, not close. Okay. That's yep. That's but right. yeah, I mean, I think make no mistake. There's going to be a market for Juju. And I don't think he's bad. I just don't think Juju is like a, after that kind of crazy year he had with Antonio Brown is like the second guy in the pecking order. I think people were very quick to crown him. But I don't think he's like, you know, a guy like DK or AJ Brown that have kind of shown that they can be that elite young guy and be like kind of the focal point. Um, I think that's what separates them from that. And I think Juju is going to be close to, you know, uh, a wide receiver in, like, the teen range. Okay, so let me ask you this. Yep. So we'll move on to the next guy. Uh-huh. Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. 
if he's traded before the end of this trade deadline, yep. Which teams do you think would benefit from him being a part of their team the most? I mean, I think Michael Gallup's a good player. Um, I think he showed last year with Dak that he can produce. I mean, he had 66 catches for over 1,100 yards mm-hmm. and, you know, six touchdowns. Big year, he, yep. He had a big year. He was, you know, he was the number two behind Amari Cooper. I think he's similar to Juju in that sense that he is not a number one guy, but I think he can be a very solid number two. Um Dallas, you know, had the opportunity to get C.D. Lamb, and I can't fault him for that because I think Lamb is a stud, and I think Lamb is capable of maybe being a number one. But I don't fault him. I think Gallup, unfortunately, yeah, he's going to have to move on. I mean, you talk about teams that I think he could succeed and be, like, very fantasy viable back to what we saw last year. I mean, let's just stay in the NFC North. I mean, the Green Bay Packers, uh, after Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, whatever running back they bust out. It's kind of a barren land of waste. Um, Adams is a stud, but could you imagine Gallup and Adams like split out? Like that'd be a nightmare for opposing defenses. Yep. Um, so, I mean, that's number one. If And if you're freaking Green Bay, I mean, if you, for whatever reason, can get Gallup, I don't even care if it's your first round pick. I mean, that might be a bit much, but it's probably better than wasting on Jordan Love. So... I would do that if I was Green Bay. Yeah, I'd like to get a pick to it. I completely agree. I think I talked to Stefan about this earlier. He's a diehard Packers fan. Yep. Where do you think the Green Bay Packers need to do? I mean, there were reports that came out this this last couple of days that say, mm-hmm. hey, the Packers, the Ravens made plays for Zach, Zach Ertz. Why the Ravens were a part of that blows my mind, but Green Bay, I understand. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is where it comes into, but... Yeah, I mean, I think in addition to Green Bay, I mean, just two other quick teams. Um, First one, we've mentioned them, LA Chargers. Um, Justin Herbert is the real deal. Um, Keenan Allen has been great. Uh, But they've got, I don't know, I mean, Mike Williams, you know, Kevin, cover your ears. He's inconsistent. He's not going to live up to his draft type. Um, And I think they need, like, maybe a second pass catcher. And Michael Gallup, I think, would be a phenomenal fit with that team. I agree. And, I mean, I think the last team just to, you know, throw out there, you know, a possibility. Um, if they were in contention and really, really going for it, how about the New Orleans Saints? You know, yep. if Michael oh, Thomas yeah. came back, like, I think they've been looking for that second pass catcher. And you might argue that Alvin Kamara is that guy. Fine. Completely fair. But that might be another team. But... A gallop, I believe in. Yeah, target share wise, so the mm-hmm. Saints, big, big pass percentage mm-hmm. to the running back situation. Yep. And that's where Alvin Kamara really brings a lot of positive outside to that offense. But yes, I agree. But let's move on to the last player for bust perspective and Zach Ertz. Yep. Yeah, Mr. Ertz. I mean, there was. It's. The season didn't start off great because there were rumors that Ertz wanted a contract extension and the GM was like, now nah, we're good. And, you know, that kind of left a sour taste in the mouth. And since then, I mean, Ertz has not been too hot. I mean, the first three weeks of the season were okay. He averaged about 12 points a game. Since then, 4.9, 1.6, 7.3. I mean, very disappointing output. And now he's injured with a high ankle sprain, probably going to be out a month, you know, till week 11, week 12. Um, And he's, I don't know his exact contract situation, but I believe they can get out of it very easily this year. Um, Obviously, Dallas Goddard is someone that people have been clamoring for, and he's been injured himself too. Um, So I don't think Ertz is done per se, but I think he's at this point where he's done in Philly. He needs to change the scenery. And if he goes to the right team, like, for example, the Green Bay Packers, they might need a little more consistency. Maybe he could kind of reinsert himself and be a guy. But he needs a change of scenery, I think. Yeah. Speaking of change of scenery, the LA Dodgers just won the World Series. Real yeah. rough thing to deal with as a Braves fan. But, you know. <laughs> So close, but yes, uh, I agree with everything you just said. I love it. I, I agree. Yep. 
Do you oh, think, yeah. I mean, is Zach Ertz, when he does come back this year, um, can you even count him in at all? He's like, look at a team like... Outside like, of Philadelphia. No, but what I mean, like, for someone like Stefan, when, when Ertz comes back in, like, a month, can he rely on him in the playoffs? Outside of Philly, yes. Inside of Philly, no. Okay. I feel like I just... Goddard's got that much more exposure now. Mm-hmm. With connections, I feel like Ertz is out. Yeah, it's... I mean... Philly definitely is lacking in the target department... Or in the options for catchers. But yeah, I mean, if they're fully healthy, if they get Goddard back, if they get... You know, Jalen Rieger back of Travis Fulgham keeps delivering. Mm-hmm. Sanders is healthy. Yeah, I, I, I can buy that, I think. Yep. All right, well, that was kind of the list of disappointing players. It sounds like, I mean, Kenyon Drake, Mark Ingram, we're kind of out on. Uh, everyone else we think might be a little, you know, ebb and flows a little bit this year, but long term we might they might be okay. Let's go to the matchups. Yep, the matchups of the week. And um, to the chagrin of my picks, the the Avengers managed two, three wins. Yeah. We went three and three. We actually split. Three and three, yeah. Zane was the top scorer, thanks to Justin Herbert, Tyler Lockett. Um, Sam pulled off the upset against Adam, who shat the bed. Yes. Oh, and so you bad. and I had the nail biter that was Monday night, and we split. Yep. We, I picked you, and you picked me, and I fucking won. <laughs> but you won the battle, but lost the war in that oh, one because it's bad right now, yes, Kevin takes a fucking divisional lead. That he does. Um, but all right, let's talk about matchups, and we'll talk about the first buy matchup of the week, and that involves Adam taking our on Armand. Adam's gonna win this game, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Done. Science field delivered. Adios. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Adam. All day, every day. All right. Um, do you want to break down this next one, Dan? No, I really don't. Okay. So let's talk about Jerry, <laughs> Jerry and Chris. Um, this, I mean, uh, two weeks ago, this might have been a buy, but I think Jerry's team is kind of on the rise, maybe thanks to his wide receivers, even after losing Fitzpatrick. And unfortunately, Chris's team is kind of on the the downward slope, um, thanks to maybe some of his quarterbacks regressing a little bit. Uh, I'm still gonna take Chris. It doesn't matter, but yeah, it's it's closer than it should be. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, looking at just yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go with Chris as well. Yep. Not even gonna try to talk more about it. Not more That's than I three. should. Yep. All right, now this one, this one has some interesting ramifications and that's going to be sam versus steve uh when we look at sam's situation with nick kind of making the decision to move travis kelsey and potentially more moves coming um it brings into the question how will his team do the rest of the year sam right now is four and ten he's three games behind nick um he has this week against steve and then he's got the um avengers games to play out uh, including two buys versus jerry and arman um Sam's team is, he's got a lot of rookies, but, you know, Joe Burrow and uh, Carson Wentz are rounding into form. Um, and James Robinson is maybe the real deal. But James Robinson is on a bye this week. Yep, he is. And I think that that helps Jerry and, or Steve. Steve in some aspects. Mm-hmm. I still don't think it's enough. I thought, I'll take Steve in this, in this matchup, but it's... It's close, but I'll take Steve. Yeah, I'm going to go with Steve, too. I think at the end of the day, just not having James Robinson is that much of a deal-breaker for Sam. Um, for Steve's team, I mean, he's maybe, knock on wood, going to be healthy. Maybe Michael Thomas will be back. Um, I think he's got some good matchups for his team. Um, but this, make no mistake, is a must-win for Steve. If he yep. somehow pisses away this game against Sam... It's over. It's over. It's he's not making the playoffs. Uh, start, you know, looking towards the future. Yep. All right. Now we've got kind of when we go to the. It, it kind of continues. We have every week three matchups that oh, don't matter so bad, yes. and three matchups that are legitimate. Yep. So this one, 
I mean, we talk about Nick a little bit. It's Nick Ruth versus Stefan uh, going down this week. And we'll look at, uh, let's look at Stefan's team first. And Stefan is, uh, do, 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 sorry, don't mind me. I'm slacking while I pull good, this good, up. Good. Yep. All right, so we have obviously Tom Brady and probably Teddy Bridgewater going for quarterback for Stefan this week. Um, Tom Brady is taking on, God, I hate how this won't load. I will edit this out. Tom Brady's taking on the Giants, who are maybe a deceptively yep. better defense than you think. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, though, has Atlanta, and that's pretty goddamn juicy. Um, Alvin Kamara has against the Bears. That's tough. Ronald Jones has the Giants as well. Um, Tyreek Hills going up against the Jets, which is great. Cooper Cup against Miami. That's rock solid. Richard Rodgers was sneaky last week, and with Ertz and Goddard both being out, should be viable for Stefan. Um, we have Melvin Gordon against the Chargers. Devontae Parker against the LA Rams. And then the last option maybe jimmy graham um maybe if aaron jones sits out you go jamal williams um leonard Fournette could be an option stefan has a few options for his flex consideration um i don't think chubb is going to come back this week so um that last flex spot is going to be interesting for for stefan and i'm not sure if there's a clear um choice just yet i yeah this this one i want to call coin flip Yep. It's, it's who picks the better matchups? Where are they better? I like Stefan's matchups better. I'm hammered, but I'm going to take Stefan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for Nick's team, I think the biggest question is, you know, who's going to be playing and who's not going to be playing? Yep. Is Joe Mixon going to be in? Is John Brown going to be in? If those guys are out, how do the backups do? You know, Nick has Giovanni Bernard, but then for a flex option, who does he have? I mean, he has Carlos Hyde could be a very decent option this week uh, for Seattle if Chris Carson is out. But rumors are that Hyde is back are injured yep. as well. Yep. Um, I think I'm with you. I'm going to take Stefan. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if Mayfield and Gardner Minshew can give Nick some. Oh wait, Minshew's on a bye, so never mind. Bye, He's yes. Nick Jackson's isn't even rolling out a quarterback. So yeah, I'm going to go with Stefan. I mean, Nick. Has a chance, but Stefan, I think, is just in better shape. All right, so that moves us on to my matchup, then. How about you break down your team, Dan? I, I'm going to pick myself. I like myself over Zane. Uh, matchup-wise, I hate Aaron Rodgers, but I counter with Devontae Adams. I, I possibly have... Christian McCaffrey coming back this week on a very short week. Yep, on Thursday, but if he does play and if he doesn't, a great matchup yep. against the Falcons for honest, Davis yes. or McCaffrey. Uh, Miles Sanders is not going to play. He's yep. out. We're done with that. that lack. Uh, <laughs> Russell Gage and Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett fucking sucks. I got fucked damn. Yep. Uh, but Montgomery against the Saints, I don't like. I'm going to take myself in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at Zane's team, I keep I said it last week, and I thought the flex situation was gonna fuck him, but then he put the most points up in the league. Um, I just fuck ass. Yep, he, did. he has Anthony Miller, he has Demir Bird that are probably gonna be flexible options for him. I know you have a man crush on Demir Bird, but I'm not quite sold. Um, I think just the lack of having you know Miles Sanders this week, you know having. Um, DeAndre Hopkins on a bye, you know, Oldo Beckham now out injured. I just don't think Zane has the am or the firepower to compete with you this week. So give me you in this matchup. Which leads to the matchup of the week. Week, week, week. How about you break it down, Dan? Oh, I, I've been drinking. Life's good. You're playing one quarterback. That's all I need to know. I'm going to take Kevin. You're playing one QB. That's it. Car, car plays Cleveland. Yep. Not great. Matthew Stafford has a rough matchup against Indianapolis. But Robbie Anderson plays Atlanta. You got to feel good. Brendan Ayuk plays Seattle. You got to feel good. Mm-hmm. DJ Kelsey. Moore against Yep. Oh, yeah. DJ Moore, Travis Kelsey, Todd Gurley. You feel really good about all that life. I'm going to take Kevin. I'm be real quick 
real, real quick about it. I'm, <laughs> oh, good talk. I feel like the. Did you have a victory oh, um, World bad. Series oh, like shot bad. or something? Yeah, oh, it's bad right now. It just really caught up yep. with you. All right. Well, I think for me, it, when you look at my team, I'm I agree. I lean with Kevin. I think the the matchup that's going to determine if I stand a chance is that Philadelphia against Dallas matchup. Yep. How can oh, I yes. get production from Travis Fulgham, Amari Cooper, and likely Boston Scott? Mm-hmm. Um, if those guys can show up for me in a game that could potentially be high scoring, maybe I have a shot. Uh, if they don't, and even if they do. I think it's just it's a very tough matchup against Kevin's team, who doesn't really have any buy worries, and in addition to not having any buy worries, has just some fantastic matchups across the board. So give me Kevin as well. Yep. I, yep. I got nothing. All right. Well, that covers this week's pod. Uh, thanks for sitting through and watching Dan slowly yeah, transcend well, down the. Uh, yeah. Drunkness. Yep. I'm sorry. You know, it happens to the best of us, and I think that covers this week. Um, Don't forget to set your lineups, watch for COVID, and let's see those crazy trades go down in this league. Yeah, buddy. Peace.